0: This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
1: It falls to Eli on the volley. What a finish. Gotti Kingda has struck. It falls to Polito and he puts it in. To Johnny Russell. First time shot. And Johnny Russell has a hat trick. The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra
0: find your fit now your host Nate Buchanan
1: hello and welcome to a playoff edition of the sporting Kansas City show on your home for SKC soccer sports radio 810 WHB and of course wherever you download your podcast wherever you uh, get your digital content we appreciate you subscribing and liking and telling all your friends about it as we have a big, big show for you today. We are, as always, presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we are going to talk with the man himself, Peter Vermees. We'll have a long-form, detailed interview with him coming up in the second segment of this show. And we're going to talk playoffs. We're going to look back on Sporting Kansas City's 3-1 win over Vancouver over the weekend. And then we're going to talk about tonight's game between RSL and Seattle because... We can't really preview the next matchup until we find out what happens in that game tonight. As always, joined by the one and only Allie Trost here at the Compass Minerals Performance Center today. We're, uh, we're doing a special edition show out here today. Allie, how are you?
2: I am well. This is uh, the most exciting time of the year, so no complaints. A lot to be thankful for Thanksgiving week. Playoff ah, soccer.
1: That's right. Ah. Playoffs around Thanksgiving, and we're also joined by the answer himself Jacob Peterson who's on the call with us as always uh, on Saturday Jacob what's up man how are you
3: I'm great Nate thanks thanks for having me and as Ali said there anytime that Sporting are still playing Thanksgiving week hey, it's a great week
1: okay so let's go back to this this game first off uh, Vancouver 3 Sporting Kansas City 1 And uh, you and I, the three of us, had been talking off to the side quite a bit leading up to this game about the motivation in this one. And nobody from the Sporting Kansas City side publicly was saying anything last week about the comments from Vanny Sartini and all of that. But you were telling us under no uncertain terms, everybody (laughs) in that locker room is talking about this. Take me back to what your initial reaction was when you heard that from Vanny Sartini and uh, and what you thought the outcome of that would be?
3: Well, first off, immediately it was a mistake. It, it was obviously he's an older guy. It's not like he's he's a younger guy, but he's a first-time head coach yeah. in MLS, and he hasn't had that responsibility yet um, to lead a team and to know exactly what to say. But that's kind of his personality, right? He's he's flamboyant. He just says whatever comes to his mind. Um, but in that moment, that's a mistake. You you can't give the team that you're going to play, your opponent, any extra motivation, especially in the playoffs. And, yes, everybody already wants to win, but you just can't do that if you're Vanny Sartini. And I think now he probably understands and realizes that that it was a mistake. And while the, the sporting side of the team and the staff and everybody said, all the right things leading up to it there's no doubt that that factored in and uh, I'm sure that uh, Peter Vermees will will touch on that
2: yeah well I and Vanny doubled down after the game he was asked if he regretted making those comments and he said no but I think you're right I mean that's going to be a, a learning moment because all <laughs> of the things that that had made Vanny so great this season for his team I that emotion got in the way in the worst Possible way, and for probably you could argue one of the worst possible teams and coaches who's going to take just as much motivation from that as his players are.
3: Right, and and that's Sartini. That's his his best attribute as a coach is Mm -hmm. that being a good motivator, getting his, his guys to run through a wall for him. And he basically gave Sporting the exact same level of motivation by those quotes. So you took away his greatest attribute. Uh, which was a mistake. Uh, I'm sure he might not say that publicly, but there's no doubt in in my mind that after the way that 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 game went and then hearing even Peter Vermees and and the other players talk about it after the game, that factored in. And and he has to realize moving forward, uh, because I still still love him as a personality. I think he's great for the league, and and you want personality like that. But as a head coach, you cannot put your players in that situation um, because really – you're off to the side. Once the the whistle blows, you have no control really of what goes out there uh, on the field, and uh, that was just a massive mistake for him.
1: Yeah, I think the word I would use is naivety. Like you said, yep. I mean, it's it's not he he's not a young guy, but it's it's one thing when you're teaching the the philosophy of coaching and all of those types of things and the tactics and everything. It's another thing. It's something we see from Peter all the time. People love the way Peter deals with the media because he is honest. He is emotional. He, he, a lot of times you don't have to wonder what he's thinking, but you can also tell that he's been around enough to know there's certain things I'm not going to say to the public. There's certain things that are going to be between me and the locker room because all it does is, is hurt my own cause if, if I put it out there to the public and, and we'll see if Andy Sartini gets the opportunity to learn those things. I think it's interesting because, you know, some people might say, well, It's a playoff game. You're already fired up. You still got to go out and play the game. Can it really make that big of a difference to get the guys fired up? I noticed an intensity all week last week at training, Jake. It's like every little thing you do has that just slightly elevated sense of focus and determination. It's like it's not just about them running out of the locker room right before the game all fired up, is it?
3: No, and, and that's the thing is is a comment like that, especially with this long break, right, in, in between with the, two weeks. right? So guys hear that, and they are locked in that, and their preparation, you know, on, on that bye week, even though it is pl- the playoffs, you know, there's some trains where you're like, oh, gosh, it's cold out here or whatever. Like, we don't play for another 10 days. But when you have that, even that little bit of extra motivation of saying – you know, screw this guy talking about our team and what we've built. We're the higher seed. We've got this at home. You know, you just don't do that. But that factors in, and guys, you know, maybe on those cold days where they don't want to make that extra sprint, they're like, I'm going to do this leading up to the game because, yeah, once the whistle blows, everybody's all locked in. But it's it's that preparation and all the little details, taking care of your body, getting in the ice bath, all the little things that if you have that extra motivation – I mean there's no doubt that, that factors in.
2: I think if you're Vanny Sartini, all you needed to see is that Kyrie Shelton told the media that he was watching that clip before he went out on the field and then he had the game <laughs> that he had. That right there would tell you that was a bad decision if you've got one of the most the biggest impact players of that game watching that clip as he's getting ready to go out on the field. But you know, another thing too, when you look at the mentality of where sporting like where they were at coming into this game compared to Vancouver, Vancouver's coming off of this peak on decision day where they feel like they achieved all of these great things. We're sporting carries of Agden told me that the feeling amongst the group was that they got robbed on decision day. So you have a team that's coming in, they're ready to win. They feel like they've got, you know, a lot to prove a lot to kind of earn back after how everything went down at the end of the season. And then you throw comments like that on top of it. I just feel like it was almost this perfect storm for a group that yes, in the playoffs, no team needs extra motivation other than, Hey, it's one and done. You've got so much here to win, but those little things like you mentioned through the week that just push you 10% further or, or help you in your decision-making on taking care of your body, all those things I think serve sporting really, really well.
1: So let's talk about the game itself. What impressed you the most about the performance by sporting in the game? If you had to pick just one thing.
3: Well, geez, that's a tough one because there were so many good performances. Um, I think collectively you can't really go, And Sporting have had a great season, so you could do this with a bunch of games uh, this season. But you really couldn't pick out one guy who who had an off game, who had a bad game. And, yes, I think we talked about the lead-up into it, about how Sporting was going to dominate the ball, have all this possession. And and it it worked out very differently in the game. It was the opposite. The complete (laughs) opposite uh, of what kind of I think most people were expecting. But it was – everybody understood their job, their role within the team, and I think every person executed that job. I mean, Daniel Shallowy had two assists, Kyrie Shelton with a goal, and I still think he should have been credited with an assist on E.C.'s goal. E.C. was great uh, anchoring that back line. Fontas was good. Graham Zussi, I mean, of course, it, it's incredible what he did, but there's you could just go on and on. Tim Melia makes that huge save yeah. On, yeah. on Brian White where, you know, if that goes in Oh, there's 20 minutes or so left in the game and, and you know, Vancouver is going to be pushing, throwing even more numbers forward. So I think collectively as a unit in the biggest game of the season, everybody showed up and everybody put in a, a good performance. And really with the exception of that, that one big time save that Tim had to made and, and then the, the handball, the penalty, I don't think sporting gave up anything a, at all to this Vancouver team, as Allie mentioned, who was really on a good run of form. Uh, so I think collectively, that that's my biggest takeaway from that game.
2: Well, the thing I'm impressed by is sporting played in a way that we rarely ever see them play. I, I'm curious as a former player, like, is it to see them execute at the level they did playing a style that is really not the sporting way that, that we're so used to? I mean, it, there are so many individual performances that went into a collective, just fantastic effort from sporting. I mean... How do you explain just, like, the ability to, hey, here's the game plan. It's not how we usually go about it, but, like, the fact that they executed. Just what kind of goes into that from the mind, you know, in the mind of a player?
3: Well, we talked about it even before, right, the the experience, the playoff experience, uh, especially between Vancouver and, and Sporting. Yeah. And the, you could go down Sporting's roster. Obviously, Graham Zusi has, well, now 19 starts, which is more than the entire <laughs> Vancouver roster going in that Wild. game. Roger Espinosa obviously has the Iliye's been through it, Daniel Shallowy, Tim. I mean, you could go through the guys, and I think that that is really what it comes down to, guys who have played in Open Cup Finals, guys who have played in playoff games, and, and that type of, um, I don't even know what what's the right way to say it, but it, it's every single roll of the ball. Peter always says this. You know, you have to be locked in. You can't switch off even if the ball goes across. And Vancouver had a lot of possession, right? And Mm -hmm. and they were knocking the ball around. But sporting's movement and and shifting side to side to not give up really any good chances besides uh, the one that we spoke about was just how everybody, that experience factored in, but then everybody was so locked in throughout it. Um, I think that that experience, though, is kind of what, you know, allowed them to, adjust their playing styles because yeah that that's something that you need to do and i mean look at what was it the year atlanta won mls cup the year after uh, i left um in 2018 i think is the year they were a high press team the whole whole season long run and gun and they completely changed the way that, that they played in the playoffs and they won mls cup so i'm not saying that this is sporting's game plan throughout the right. the rest of the postseason Because we know that now they can do a bunch of different things. Which is scary
2: if you're another team trying to game plan for what you just saw against Vancouver and how well they executed. Or
3: it's awesome if you're a sporting fan. Well,
2: it's awesome (laughs) if you're a sporting fan. But if you're an opposing team right now and you're used to what you saw all season long from sporting and then you see that without Alan Polito still, it's like, whew.
1: Well, and the two teams that sporting Kansas City could face, Real Salt Lake and Seattle, are known to play with a three-man back line. Yeah. We know we, RSL doesn't do it every time. We, we found that out last time around, but that that could be interesting to see what that cat-and-mouse game looks like depending on who the opponent is coming up. We're going to preview that by, by talking about tonight's game when we come back. Uh, after a conversation with Peter Vermees, the head man himself will join us next. This is the Sporting Kansas City Show.
0: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
1: And we continue with the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts and stream your online content. We appreciate you downloading, liking, subscribing, listening, and telling all your friends about it as we are in the playoffs now and we are still presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we are joined now by the, the, the head man for sport in Kansas City, Peter Vermees, victorious after the first-round game against the Vancouver Whitecaps 3-1. Peter, thanks for joining us. How are you?
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Good, good. Just uh, waiting to see what goes on and getting ready for the next step.
1: What is that like for you in terms of what you're referring to as we record this show on a Tuesday? It airs on Sports Radio 810 on a Tuesday evening right before this RSL Seattle game. You don't know who you're going to play. You don't know where you're going to play. So tell me, what's tonight going to be like for you?
0: Well, I mean, the good thing is that we've played both teams already a couple of times, so we kind of have an idea, and and, and most recently as well. So um, so that part helps. So it's not like you're trying to take a new team and completely break everything down around them and, and instill some type of game plan. Uh, but, yeah, I'll just I'll watch the game tonight um, and more interested in the result and then, you know, either implement, you know, one of two options. Uh, so at the end, that that part's I mean, nothing's easy, but that part's a little bit easier just because, you know, the two teams, it's, it's more of wh- where where are we going to go, how we can get there, because obviously be great to be in your own bed, be great to, you know, eat your own food, go to your own stadium and play in front of your own fans. All that would be great. And you don't have to travel. Whereas in the other way, then we would have to leave Saturday and, you know, we have to go through that whole entire process.
2: But you guys do get those extra days, right? And so even though you don't know who you're game planning for necessarily, how important are those those days just to get some of those regions out of the way that you don't then sacrifice actual like practice time?
0: Yeah, it's, it's I mean, at least in, in my experience, it's always better to be in a situation where you can build your team up in the normal fashion that you would during the season when you have a Saturday-Saturday game or a Sunday-Sunday game, however it, it plays out. But you have a normal week. And for the most part, we, we do because, you know, we today's training was not centered around anybody. It was more centered around us. Tomorrow will be a little bit more and we'll have an idea and we can start kind of putting in the game plan and, and, and giving the guys some of the ideas.
1: So I, I want to go back to the way you watch the game tonight because you said you'll you'll watch it from a tactical perspective maybe later on, but watching it tonight, just interested in what the result's going to be. Because I know for me, Jacob, Ali, and I will have a little text thread going, and we'll be watching the game, texting each other back and forth about it. Do you have a notepad out? Do you just sit back and have some popcorn and watch it? Will you be texting with Carrie and Z? Like how does it, how does that go?
0: Um, sometimes I talk to those guys at halftime. Uh... You know, unless there's something special going on in the game, I might call or somebody calls me during the game. Um, I, I mean, I I'll look, I'll watch it from a tactical perspective, um, but obviously the big uh, million-dollar question is, you know, which team we are going to play and then what's the situation? Are we away or are we home? Um, I, the other part is, is that, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and, and I'll take some notes. Um, I, I also do a lot of stuff by memory. Um, as well, unless I, I need a certain minute of an action that I like. So I don't have to go back and look for it. I, I kind of jot that down or I just take a note in my, myself, my, my phone. Um, but that's how I'm watching the game.
2: So what about like the rest of, of the technical staff? Who's, you know, do you dole out some assignments or do you just kind of let everyone watch it and then you guys get together and
0: everybody has their, I mean, look, you know, we had 34 games in the regular season. Yeah. We've been doing this. We've been together for 13 years, uh, Z, Kerry, and myself, so, uh, and then, you know, Ashley's probably been with us since, I think, start of 2013, uh, you know, so these guys have been around. Everybody knows what their responsibility is, um, and they all do have one, and, and then we come together, and we'll come back tomorrow, speak about it a little bit, and, and, you know, again, maybe if there's some little nuance or something that we saw that's maybe a little different than in the past, we just want to make sure if we need to be ready for it, then we'll try to devise a solution for that.
1: Okay, so we're visiting with Peter Vermees. Let's let's go back to this game over the past weekend. Then three one over Vancouver. Uh, I, I told I told my family on Friday when I when I came out here and talked to you, I said there's a he's got the eye of the tiger right now. Peter's he's walking with a purpose around the building. Not that you don't always walk with a purpose, but I could just tell there was an edge there. Um, was that palpable through the team? And I'm kind of curious. When I saw that, I thought. Man, I'm ready to go run through a wall after doing a pregame interview with Peter. I'm guessing the guys are too. Do you is that a conscious thing for you in terms of setting the tone with the, with your demeanor, or is that just kind of the it's natural because that's that's how intense you are that week leading up to it?
3: Yeah,
0: it's a good question. Um, I, I think the first the first response would be is that it's it's playoffs, so everything's heightened at that moment, right? So everyone is. I don't think you can discount the the comments made by their coach. I, I just don't think you can, because I even saw other comments that I didn't even know about. Um, and, and some people probably tried to keep them away from me. So I, I was probably, you know, uh, not as uh, aggravated with some of them. Right. <laughs> um, and annoyed, but they were, you know, those comments were, uh, they, they helped to take on another, another level. And, um, But I didn't really have to, you know, externally do something so special to the team to make them realize because they already knew themselves. They were kind of looking at me like, hey, when are you going to talk about this? Mm -hmm. Not on game day, but even during the week. And so but they all knew they all knew. And, And so that took on a life of its own, that part, on top of already having a playoff game. Um, And then and then the other thing is, is that, you know, you you can't discount out of all of that is the guys worked extremely hard to get to the playoffs, to get into this position, to have a home game, to do all those things. And they they also are focused on taking advantage of that. And so there was all those all those things came together and ahead. And I think myself and also the players and I would only answer your last part of the question is, is that there's there's a lot of things that are uh, natural and then there's there's other things that are sure calculated and they're always different. It's never the same for any of the games that you play. It's, it, it, it just changes for me. It always, it gets changed. Um, a lot of it comes from my gut. There's no doubt that, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a uh, intellectual side, and you're, you're trying to think through things, and you want to be calculated, but at the same time, the most genuine things are when they come natural, and 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 that's what it really comes down to for me.
2: One thing I know was calculated. You mentioned when to bring up those comments by Vanny Sartini and Carrie. It told me that you guys kind of held on to it till later in the week, so as to not get the guys too hyped up with it early on. I, I know you guys have been doing this for a long time, you, Carrie, Z, and the and the crew. But what did you kind of learn in your career, like, okay? Maybe I brought that up a little too soon. Maybe this is better served for later on in the week.
0: So, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably it's probably early on. Um, I, I, I got to remember I played. Yeah. And I've been in situations where either players or staff members on other teams have made, you know, bad comments. You know how to deal with it yourself individually, but now I got to think of all the other players and how they deal with it. So, for me it was more just mentioning it at a, at a time but not even really talking about it. like i didn't get into it i didn't even say i didn't even say what was said i just said you know there's a lot of people that are saying some things and there's some specific people saying some things which i'm sure are going to be really beneficial to us down the end here mm-hmm. so let's wait till we get there and so the guys already knew but we didn't have to spend our time really on that because really what we had to do is make sure that we focused in on ourselves and make sure that we were prepared for the game i just think the rest of it was just a little motivation
1: is it bad that when when then all that happened, I was like, "Man, those guys are going to be so mad," and I love it. <laughs> like I, I was kind of, I was like, "This is great. This is great for the team. This, this was given to them almost as a gift." Even if it made you mad all week, that's kind of, that's a positive, right? Yeah. No, know. no. I I,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I was mad in a good way.
1: Yeah. I
0: was angry in yeah. a good way. You know. I was. Yeah. I was. I was. Uh, we were. We were challenged. Yeah. Um. In in a different way, and you know, I, I think anyone who thinks that that does not factor in, has never been in a locker room and and have been called out in some way.
2: But Daniel Shallow, did tell me that he loved it. He thinks it's great for the game. So maybe he's built a little bit differently. Maybe that's what he said I was like, come on, Daniel. (laughs)
0: Well, I think he probably thinks it's great for the game because he was on the good side of receiving that. You do that on the – the other thing is, and I'll I'll leave it at this, is that for me – I'm just talking about myself now. This is this is just my opinion. It's not criticism. It's not t- saying what you should do. I- I'm just a coach. I'm not playing in the game. Yeah. So, I, 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 you know, I think I would, I think I would be irresponsible to our team if I did something like that because now I put them in a position that maybe, you know, they're not ready for. or They shouldn't be ready for because I now put them in a place that they shouldn't be. My job is to try to put them in the best place possible.
1: Yeah, they, they got to go cash a check that their coach wrote, you know, and that that's one of the things Jacob brought up to me as soon as it happens. You know, as a coach, you don't want to put your your players in a position where they got to go answer for something you said, and, and that's what ended up happening. You guys took care of business. Let's get into the game itself. I want to talk about Graham Zusi, a- and, and I don't even mean the strike. The strike itself was was beautiful, but, but we know that Graham's got that in his locker the first goal. And, and Jacob, is, as soon as the goal happened in real time, he said, "Man, from start to finish, Graham Zusi. From the interception to the run, the diagonal ball he plays, everything. This guy. I mean, you've been coaching him for for so long. It, does it does it even just not even surprise you when you see that stuff from him anymore, or do you still like? How, what? How do you take in what he did in yeah. that moment?
0: On on the first goal, you have to appreciate, no matter who it is. You have to appreciate the 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 buildup of the buildup of it, right? So there's so we talked a lot about if you if you go back to our last game against them at Vancouver, um, Graham especially from right to left was we were we were hitting that same ball, and we actually were we we were on the receiving end of some possible good actions. They they didn't materialize in that game, but we knew that. That same opportunity could be available in this game. And first off, it's it's the time it's the it's the right decision, it's the timing and it's the execution of that ball over distance first. Daniel to take the ball down, Graham to continue his run forward, the ball back across because obviously now they have to overcompensate to go and defend Daniel and they're not sure what he's going to do. He's going to come inside and try to strike it. So they need to get numbers to that. So now they expose themselves the other way. We take advantage of that. And the first time ball across, but while all that's happening, Kyrie has to show for Graham underneath when he's playing the long ball, he doesn't get it. So now he opens back up to see what Daniel's going to do. Is he, does he need to create space for him? Does he get to get on the end of a service that he's going to make? Well, that ball doesn't come to him. And now he's biding his time in and around the box to make the diagonal to the near post in case that ball does come across. And so it's all those little intricacies that are happening and all the individuals, you know, it's different, right? Because you're thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about what the other guy's going to do when he doesn't do that. I got to go on to, you know, it's not a to B it's maybe a to E, right? It's all the way down the line. And, And to me, that's where the level is. So I think you, in this game, anyone, myself included, you're always going to appreciate, you know, the high quality of an of an action like that, and when it's executed to,
2: to perfection. And it's all happening so fast, too. And so not just that it's executed at a high level, but like it was it was the right decision that he made clearly. And even on Zeus's goal, when I was going back and watching, I mean, he had the ball to Johnny on. He could have switched it back over to Gotti, but then just makes the right decision and and puts in a a world class strike. When you have so many options and, and a number of players who have proven. Throughout the course of this season, that they can execute in those moments. I mean, what does that do to a defense when you're trying to quickly make those decisions and and mitigate what is the most dangerous option when they're, I mean, it's all of them really.
0: Yeah, I, I I think it's a good question. I think you, you, it's hard for you to just focus in on one or two people when you you know uh, when it's when you call it goal goal scoring by okay. committee. So it, it, it changes the complexion of the team and, and they have to think of you in a much different way. Not just, hey, let's if we take this part of their game away, we have a chance to do you know X, y, and z. It, it's, it's not necessarily that way with us. And I don't think our teams have ever been built around one guy. And so it, it's something that we have cultivated for a long time and, and you know we'll continue to try to get better at it because obviously we can.
1: We're visiting with Peter Vermees and, and you and you referenced the play by Kyrie as well through the, the sequence of that first goal. And I thought it was really enlightening after the game when you talked to Ali and you said, Look, we, we, we planned on getting Polito in the game, but the way it played out and the way that Kyrie was playing, we, we felt like, man, now we can we just bought another week of, of recovery and, and and fitness for him. Those things happen through the course of real time. And I'm sure you have a game plan for each one of those situations. About how you what what minute you wanted to put Polito in if you could and all that, can you take us through what it's like through the course of the game to make that decision while you're watching Kyrie go out there and and maybe if you could also spare a thought just for what Kyrie's meant to this team all, all year in that regard.
0: Yeah, well, I'll start there. I mean, I, I think everybody knows because uh, Kyrie plays on a regular basis what I think of Kyrie. I think that uh, uh, he he adds something um, that very few players add to a team there's a there's a high level of unselfishness that he um, displays and has the impact of both on the times when the team has the ball when the team doesn't have the ball he does and makes up for sometimes when guys don't do something on either side of the ball and that helps us get get results and it doesn't but it doesn't always show up in the box score right it it, Mm an assist or a goal or what have you. But I'm really happy for him that he got that first goal because, you know, I, I was very specific with him and with the team around how he would function in this game. And, you know, it's one thing for me to go in and tell somebody, hey, this is what I need you to do. It's another thing for them to go and do it. And he did a great job of it. Um the final piece is, is that as the game's going, I had told him, I said, listen, I need you in the first half to just annihilate the back three, meaning with getting in behind and, and, and putting them under a lot of pressure, not just without, I'm not talking about without the ball, I'm talking about with the ball and with your runs and your movement in behind. And cause the idea was, is that if we got to, you know, halftime and, um, we were looking like we weren't really creating anything or weren't very dangerous, that there's a good possibility that I would bring on Allen, to start the second half. And so we went up one nil, you know, and then obviously the penalty came and then we, we, we score the free kick there right before, you know, the, the end of the half, it changed, it, it changed the thought process. Cause now I could bide my time and Hey, we come out in the second half. Uh, maybe they push a little harder, Kai can get in behind again possibly because now they're higher up the field and less guys in the back to cover. And so it was just waiting that out. And then when we, when Graham scores at that moment – because I was thinking, you know, I can't remember the exact minute that he scored, but I remember thinking, well, maybe I'll put – first it was going to be 45. Then I was like, maybe I'll do it at 60. And then maybe at 70, 20 minutes left in the game might make sense because if you get 20, you go into overtime, you know – you, 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 you got 30, so it's close to 45. You know, it's like I'm thinking that way. And so then all of a sudden Graham scores, and now now I'm waiting. You know, I'm just – there's no reason to do that. And I, what I what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to put him into the game. And, you know, I, I know how a game can go in that situation as well. All of a sudden somebody's frustrated on the other team late in the game. They, they come in and do a bad tackle on him, and now all of a sudden we lost all of that – Um, work that was built up to get him to this place so um, giving him the chance to now get you know four five six days under his belt again it just it just helps in the process
2: I saw you talking to Polito after the game what was your conversation like with him because he's such a competitor you know he was he's been clawing to get back on the field
0: he he uh, I just said to him I said you know and I'd, I'd already had talked to him at half to, or before the half and at halftime that, Hey, this is how I'm thinking about this. Cause I also need him to be ready for that. And mm-hmm. so he, uh, I just said to him, I said, you know, I, I, I hope you understand why I did what I did. He goes, no, I, I totally understand. This is great. Now I got, you know, basically another week to get prepared. So he's a team guy. I've always said that from the get go. I, I tell you, I didn't necessarily know that when I first recruited him, you never know that. Cause it's, you, you can see things from the outside on players when you scout them, what you don't usually have is the intimate knowledge and as much as you do your your due diligence and you talk to people and you do all that, that doesn't mean that because a person you're talking to, they have their own interpretation of what your question is, the way they think about it. That doesn't mean necessarily it's the way you think about it. Mm-hmm. So until you work with somebody inside the white yeah. lines, you really just don't know how they're going to respond to things. But he is, he, is, he is an incredible competitor, but he also is a, a 100% team guy. And that's, that's one of the reasons why he fits so well
2: into our team. Helps with the scoring by committee offense then too.
0: For sure.
1: It, that actually leads me perfectly to my next question when you talk about, you know, once you get guys in between the lines, you get to know them a little bit. Because I was listening to your post game with the media after this game against Vancouver, and you on your own brought up the substitution patterns at the end of the year. And you said, look, I don't want to say this to anybody, but I'm paraphrasing you said something like, when it gets to the playoffs, these guys need to be battle tested. They need to be tough enough. They need to understand what it's like, and I need to put them through that test now in the regular season before we get to the postseason. And I thought to myself, I don't think Peter does that if he doesn't believe these guys are tough enough to handle it. And and, and maybe I'm wrong about it. I'm, I'm, I'm asking your opinion because you've already been around these guys. You you kind of how much did you know about the mental makeup, the toughness? Of this team before you put them through all that, and I guess then how much did you learn about it through the course of it?
0: I, I actually think it's it's a really easy answer in that because so early on, if you guys remember, if, I don't know how many games into you know the first ten games of the season where we we would go down a goal and we yep. h- find a way back, you know, yep. we you know the storyline kept being you know how we were able to come back. Well, you could tell the team had a good mentality for that. They didn't, you know. There's other teams you have where team goes down a goal and they're just they're done. Yeah. They, they don't know how to respond from that, right? Yeah. And and so the group showed that early where the difference is is that so it was in uh, uh I think it was in 18. Um uh, we were uh we're getting to the f- almost to the halfway point of the season. We were playing at Atlanta. Um it was a, you know, midday game. They had been undefeated at home. We were going there to play them and that after that game we had a two week, you know, we had a bye. So we had a two week you know, kind of hiatus. And, you know, we go into the game and whatever. We win the game 2-0. Nobody ever shut them out. Nobody ever won at their place yet, whatever. But I say but, sounds all great, but at the end of the day, my analysis afterwards, and I remember talking to the staff, and I said, we have an issue. And the issue is is that they were playing a man down. Uh, Guzan got thrown out. Mm -hmm. They were playing a man down. And they were putting it on us late in the game, and we squeaked out a second goal on a, you know, they pushed guys forward and we we counted on the other yeah. end, scored. Gerso scored. Yep. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, we were a very good possession team, a really good build-up team. What we weren't able to do was we weren't able to play in the fashion in which they played, which was they weren't a possession team. They were – As fast as they could go from their goal to the other goal, no matter whether it's on a counter or it's just in the run of play, they wanted to get there. And we weren't used to that from a physical nature. And so I remember coming back and telling the group that, hey, we have to alter our trainings going forward because we got to get our guys ready to be able to participate in a game like that for later on in the season. And we actually – I remember also saying that when we do this, what's probably going to happen is we're probably going to incur – some injuries probably muscle tissue injuries because when you up your percentage of intensity in training and you do that quite dramatically right away and obviously you're always trying to chip away at it but there's no way to do it you just there is a way but the problem is is that as soon as you put that intensity you know now all of a sudden like i could be more explosive what have you that happens and we all all of a sudden got like two three four injuries very quickly right after that and we started that for like two weeks and but i will tell you i don't think we would have gotten as far to the conference final if we did not do that earlier on in the season
2: what was that turning point game for you this season maybe if not the same way but just that game where you're like so, we yeah need to something. it's
0: a great question because you know who knows is sammy cuz i told sammy after the game and we lost it's a game where we lost you know what i think it was I think – I know where it was. I don't know the game that we played thereafter. I have to think through that for a second. We went on the road, and we played Houston, and we lost. Elie played in the back.
2: Yep. That was his first game at center back. Yeah, and
0: we came back home, and we had a game. Did we play Minnesota?
2: Was that Vancouver right after? Maybe it was. Yeah, I I think it was. was It
0: was Vancouver. You're absolutely right. It was Vancouver. That's right. And – you know, everybody was thinking that we'd push Elia back in the midfield. I was like, no, we're going to keep him in the back because I think we're on to something here, you know, in this short term. And we really took a big step forward in in our model of play, the way that we wanted to try and play, that we wanted to build up the game because now we had him and Fontes in the back and they were really good at building out. And, and you know, to be frank, Ismat wasn't ready yet physically. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of was, to me, that was the turning point for the group. It's a good question. I now no, it's exactly right.
1: Vancouver. And yeah. the memory too, because yeah. when you said was it Minnesota, I, I was thinking, man, I'm trying to remember back to the Houston game.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and you said to me the other day you weren't sure if she was watching. I did <laughs> No, he did not Just care.
1: Yeah. Don't throw me. me under the bus like oh, that, Peter. No. It hurts. Uh, we know we know Allie's paying close attention. We all are. This is this is really fun stuff, and we're gonna be paying close attention tonight to RSL versus Seattle. We all hope it's a home game, but we know this. This team has to go to Seattle and win. They can do it. They've shown it twice this year. So uh, no matter what happens on Sunday, it's going to be big. Coach, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And best of luck on Sunday, wherever it is.
2: Thank you, guys. I hope the birthday was good, too.
0: It was great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, it made <laughs> My family was really happy that we won, So,
2: <laughs> Made the celebrations a bit better, than I'm sure. For sure. There you go.
1: That's Peter Vermees. Uh, we'll be rejoined by Jacob Peterson to give some thoughts on this game tonight between RSL and Seattle right after this. This is the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts presented by Michelob Ultra uh, on the heels of a fantastic interview, as always, with Peter Vermees. Jacob, it's so refreshing. You listened in on that interview. So many details, so much information from, from Peter. It's. Uh, I feel really lucky that we get an opportunity to talk to him about some of these things. It,
3: it, it's so rare, right? And we just spent time talking about Vanny Sartini on and- – we love how he talks and he's, he's emotional, but he gets himself into trouble, right? And usually coaches say, oh, we want to be like a Bill Belichick type, where he's just, uh, we're on to Cleveland. You know, Cleveland. Yeah. You know don't just say <laughs> don't say anything. Yeah. Like yeah. that's all. But Peter gives you thoughtful, good answers without stepping over the line to give the other team a- any sort of information. It, it really is impressive. And uh, I mean, we were talking before we came on. That uh, I don't know if there's really any other coach that I've seen that gives such detailed a- and good responses, thoughtful question responses, but doesn't give the opponent any sort of bits to to pick off. Yeah,
1: that's it's- a hard line to walk it gives sure, me a, good at it
2: yeah he does and it gives me a greater appreciation just for the complexities of the job right like I mean think about all that goes into it and then to have to you don't just learn how to do that overnight and it just speaks to I think that experience too of, of the group and, and you, you hear about all these coaching moves around the league but then to look inside sporting and you see Z you see Kerry you see Peter I mean just the, the, the collective experience of that group and and what that then translates into is is really cool well
1: I think I, I know this for a fact because Peters told me it's um, it comes from a place where he feels a greater responsibility to the sport that he loves in this country than just coaching his team to a win he mm-hmm. he believes that he's a custodian of the game a person that can help more people in the audience appreciate the game, understand the game, like the game. He's told me several times he feels that's the biggest role of what we do as broadcasters is to help make the game game accessible to people and, and, and help them understand it at a deeper level. Because usually the more you understand something, the more you appreciate it and the more you like it. And he, the fact that he's willing to donate his time and thoughts to the public when a lot of coaches Bill Belichick doesn't see that at all. He doesn't he doesn't think that in any way, shape or form his job is to further the knowledge of the of the general public in the game of football. It's to go in a game today and leave me the heck alone. And I I, I, I mean I guess there's respect to that, but man, I really appreciate being around a guy who's who's willing to help us learn so much about the game on a consistent basis while he gets ready for this game that's coming up on Sunday, which leads us to tonight. The three of us will be texting one another, I'm sure, through the course like of this so game. Oh, man, game. I can't wait to watch this game. Um, everybody's probably assuming that Seattle's going to win this game. Jacob, what do you think? I mean, what, how do you do you have a thought as to how this game's going to play out, just in terms of the type of game it's going to be?
3: Wow. Yeah. Um... My heart said, I want Salt Lake. I am a Salt Lake fan tonight because I want another home game. Right. And that's yeah. what I think everybody in Kansas City wants. Uh, I might even, this will be the one and only time I will ever root for Salt Lake. And because of, obviously, the rivalry, and, and it's just not a, a club that I have great feelings for. Uh, but tonight, I might even put on my... <laughs> a salt lake jersey that i exchanged with a former teammate um because i want i won a home game who was that jamie watson okay uh, who is the the color commentator now for nashville yeah good guy Um, yeah he was down in residency residency with me good guy um but that being said i just i i would be very surprised if salt lake uh can come out of seattle in the playoffs i mean Salt Lake, I, I'm guessing they're going to go to what, more of what they did at Children's Mercy Park, where they played four in the back, didn't play their three-man back line. That they, yeah, some games they look great going forward, but other games they got so exposed, mm-hmm. and Portland put up six on them. Um, I expect them to do what they did when they came to Kansas City, sit back, relax, and hope that Roos Rus- or Roosneck can steal a goal and, and protect, protect the lead.
1: Okay, so we talked motivation and all the motivation that that sporting had going into this game. This storyline, to me, is fascinating. You've got Freddy Juarez, who was the head coach of RSL, left the team in the middle of the season to take an assistant coach's job at Seattle. Now, there might be all kinds of reasons behind the scenes. Maybe he was told, look, you're not coming back after this year. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall. Whatever it is, to me, if you're RSL all week, you're saying, this guy abandoned us for the assistant coach's job. When the going got tough, he fled the coop on us to go to this other cushy you know, place where he thought it was better to be assistant there than to be our head coach. Let's put it to that guy. Is that a motivating factor? How much does that play into this game?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%, right? That, by the way, that is one of the craziest stories in, in all of sports, leaving as a head coach, leaving to go to, into the same league and to be an assistant coach and same I, division. <laughs> I I understand the 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 reason why he made that choice, but it is wild to see that. And yes, that is 100% going to factor in those guys as you said, "Hey man, you left us." Like we're here, we're fighting, we don't have an owner, we're in all this um kind of turmoil. Right, yeah. where's our future? What yeah. is it? And, and talking about motivation, I mean, Peter is a is a great motivator within the locker room, but I told you Pablo Masterani, as a captain when, when I played with him in Colorado, was gave the best pregame speeches. He, he would make you, and we weren't very good, but he would make us you know, so jacked up to go out there. I, I expect Salt Lake to go flying, but same thing. They've got to be patient. They've got to sit back. You don't want them to go flying too much, but they have to be locked in. We were saying with sporting every roll of the ball because playing up in Seattle on that turf with that, that crowd and everything – that's a that's a really tough game it's uh, a
2: tough environment I mean just being there a few weeks back when sporting went up there and, and got the win on the road I, that was the closest to a playoff and, and I every single player on the field every coach in this building said the exact same thing and it's it is electric but like you I'm an RSL fan tonight because the atmosphere at children's Mercy Park was one of the best I had ever seen for that game against Vancouver but I want to go back to Pablo Mastroni real quick because you you have experience with him as a motivator. How is he using that storyline like in the locker room? Is that something that, that he's hammering home? Do you, like just knowing what he kind of says in those situations? How is he using that?
3: It, it's almost though. I mean, or Peter, does he even have to? yeah, like almost how Peter said, yeah, you, you can bring it up and talk about, you know, Sartini's quotes, but this one is, is every single player knows mm-hmm. they know, Hey, this was our head coach. He, he left us out to dry here. Like this is our game to go and to upset them and, and you know kind of shock the world because I don't think there's anybody out there who has picked Salt Lake to no. win this
1: one. No, well, and, and the thing is, Seattle and Sporting, there are some real mirrors to the to the two teams through the course of this season, right? Like it looked like they were the top two teams in the West all year long, and they were able to do it despite a litany of injuries, especially in the attack. But then both teams that seemed to catch up to them. And what I think is a little underreported is Seattle actually closed the season out worse than Sporting Kansas City did. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since they've won a game. Now they supposedly have everybody back and fit just like Sporting does now. Can they flip the switch? Or and how fit are they really going to be going into this game?
3: Yeah, that's going to be it. Because you're right, though. You nailed it how everybody's talking. Oh, Sporting lost their you know last three games of the regular season. Uh, do they have momentum? Well, Seattle is not one, I think to since the start of October, yeah. right? That was their last yeah. win, yeah. which is way uh, a longer, lot longer than, yeah. than Sporting's was. Um, but I think jo- Joao Paulo will be back. Ryu Diaz is supposed to be back. And, and again, similar to Sporting, they have a lot of experience in there. Roldon's both have experience, but Stefan Fry in goal. I think, I think though, if you're Salt Lake, Ochoa is going to have to have a massive game. Yeah. A- and, He can have those games, but he can also have some shockers, right? He's a young (laughs) coach, might shoot a ball in the stands. And it's tough, I mean, playoffs,
2: young guy, turf, like it almost kind of feels like there's a lot to overcome there for him.
3: Yeah, but I just – looking at just purely between the white lines, these two teams – I mean, Seattle's a better team, but who knows if they can correct that chip and really – Playoffs, we've seen crazier things happen. This is this it's MLS, true. after all.
1: Hey, we saw RSL go to LAFC and get a win against one of the best teams in the history of the league in the playoffs. Krylock, uh, Yeah, Damir Krylock yep. has it in his locker. It's going to be a fun one to watch. It's tonight. And uh, and then we'll find out, sporting, do they play at home against RSL on Sunday or at Seattle? We'll know by the end of tonight. Well, for Allie Trost and for Jacob Peterson, And our thanks to Peter Vermees for joining us. And our thanks to you for listening tonight on the Sporting Kansas City Show. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you next time this week, getting ready for the conference finals right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra.